Welcome to my so-called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works, each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. So we are super excited to be releasing episode five of this season of My So-Called Opera Life. This is an interview with Kristen Cycli. Kristen went to Westminster. She was a singer and she decided to transition out of it. And now she's a blog writer and um, a game writer, a creative writer. And this is her story of how she realized she wanted to transition out of being a singer and how she made that transition. We really think that whether or not you um, have ever even considered this or would ever even want to do this, regardless of that, it was super interesting to listen to her and get information about all of this knowledge that she's acquired. Um, she started the blog Operaversity, which if you don't know, is a blog about being an opera singer or being a singer in general. And creating that blog led her to her writing career. So she has tips on creating a blog, benefits of a blog, the feeling she was feeling when she thought maybe she wanted to transition out of singing, what propelled that, what it looked like, and um, what her life is without it. We're so excited to share this story with you. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so if you, if you want to give us like the three second version in terms of like your educational background and stuff to like mm-hmm. maybe lead into that. Yeah, sure. So um, like many other singers out there, I started singing at a very young age and um, you know, got a lot of news for that sort of thing. So it's something I continued pursuing through choirs and voice lessons. Um, eventually got an undergraduate degree from the University of Michigan voice performance, uh, along with minor in French. Uh, went directly after that to Westminster Choir College for a master's degree in voice performance and pedagogy. Um, and performed in the Philadelphia area for a few years um, before I, as you say, transitioned out of it. So, yeah. so how did the Operaversity blog come to be? Uh, yeah, so I was looking, you know, I was bright eyed, fresh out of grad school, looking for ways to get out there more and just do something. I wanted to be proactive about my career. Um, and I've always been someone who's just like online a lot. Mm -hmm. And I read a lot about, um, you know, a blog is a great way to promote yourself no matter what you do. It's a great way to get your website to rank for people to see your videos. Mm -hmm. And of course I had performances, uh, on YouTube and that sort of thing. Um, so I originally started blogging at my, um, professional website, kristencycli.com and, um, did it as a means, uh, partly to show my knowledge of being a teacher, um, because that was something I was doing and wanted to do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also talked a fair amount about performance. Um, eventually as I got into it a little bit more, I was like, you know, this really could be its own thing. Like the scope of this might be limited by being just on my professional website, um, Let's see, I think I started blogging summer of 2015. So by January 2016 was when I started up Operaversity and made it its own thing. 
Um, which did give it that space that I was looking for to do more and focus on other things. Mm-hmm. And what was your goal with Operversity? Um, my goal was really uh, to to extend not only what I was doing, like be able to reach other people with my knowledge of teaching, but um, also to not too dissimilar to this podcast uh, to help other singers and teachers uh, kind of gain the knowledge that seems to be um, limited to those who are in academia or who just happen to meet the right people or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In a way, it was I felt like I was blogging my master's degree. I was giving up people an opportunity to get that kind of knowledge without having to like spend up the wazoo for it necessarily sure. um, and really give like a community as well, like a place for people to discuss things and a space for um, people to kind of see a perspective that they haven't had. Um, which is how I got into allowing people to have guest posts on the site as well. Yeah. Cool. What was then the um, signs that you started realizing that maybe you wanted to move your writing into realms other than singing? Um, it's funny. It's been a few years since I reached that point, and yet it's, it's hard to pinpoint that sometimes. Right, right. Um, there are a couple things that I think that led me into it. Um, I, I don't remember... I never made a lot of money off of Opraversity. I'm just going to say that up front right now. But, and I don't remember that exact moment where I first made any money on the site, but I do remember that being like a really cool moment of like, wait, I could like, you know, have this site. I could do this as its own thing in a way. So that was probably part of what started got getting me thinking about writing and online yeah. content writing more. Um, as far as focusing on that as opposed to singing, um, Transitioning out of singing was a hard thing to own, I suppose. Um, but the moment I point to in my mind was when uh, I finished up an audition in New York for a smaller company. I'm trying to remember if it was in New York or if it was like a summer thing. I don't quite remember. It actually went relatively well. They gave me good feedback. They did end up offering me a role later. Not one that was well suited to me, but, you know, it was kind of yeah. one of those things. Um, but I remember walking out of that audition going that was underwhelming. That was not what I want. That was not compelling to me. This is, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't, I feel good after a good audition. And I just kind of yeah. didn't. So that's kind of maybe not the most straightforward answer, yeah, but, but no, that makes a lot it's a hard sense. trajectory to find. So, um, I also just found I was enjoying the writing a lot more. I felt like uh, not only that maybe I was a little more in control of it, which is kind of hilarious looking back on it now and <laughs> starting up my new blog, but uh, I think I felt like I was impacting people more directly. I was getting messages from people saying things like, oh, this was so helpful, and oh, I was searching for this question, and I found this answer from your site, like, mm-hmm. that's so great, thank mm-hmm. you so much, and I appreciated that direct impact that um, I was having a little bit more than I felt that I was having in performance. Teaching, I had a little bit more, but still wasn't quite what I was looking yeah. for. So just thinking about that for other singers with the blog and getting more traction and stuff, mm-hmm. did you see any, I'm sure you did, what what kinds of benefits, like direct benefits um, between your posts and how did you get them like out? How did that help benefit your teaching and things like that? Um, hmm. If that makes sense. It, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, I think, well, I had a plan that I never ended up pursuing because I decided I didn't want to go this direction, right. but some I was going to do more courses than I ended up doing. Uh, I do have one course on the site called The Singer in the Practice Room, which is basically um, a course to help singers learn how to practice better. It's sort of like study skills for musicians. Um, I was going to do a similar course, but more in depth for voice teachers for, um, 
you know, how to start up your voice studio, again, like a mini version of my master's degree. Um, and, and I think if I had done that, it would have done it to a fair amount of success, especially since um, I have been able to uh, get the SEO strong enough for a lot of the articles to uh, make that impact and reach other people who are searching for those kinds of things. I'm not gonna lie, it also really helped that I had a strong community in the, um, in the voice community already. Mm -hmm. So when I started it up, um, especially once I moved Opperversity to its own site, it was not hard for me to reach out to other people because I already knew a lot of people, especially on social media, who sure. were definitely interested in the same thing. I already had my audience going, so they could reach out to others and it was just something that like was easy to spider web. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think other people like could have that kind of impact too, but I do recognize that the stars kind of align for me um, in a certain way. Sure, sure, sure. So. Well, you leveraged the what you had. Yeah, right? in a way. I think that's definitely a good way to say it. Yeah. So, um, But I definitely think it could be helpful for other singers and teachers as well. And had I kept going with it, I might have gotten to a point where I was like blogging for singers or blogging for teachers. It's yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it as like a primary promotional strategy for singers and teachers. It kind of depends on who you are. If you want nothing to do with the internet, if you're struggling to even get a website up, then maybe like full fledged blogging is not for you. Cause it's, it's time consuming and it's not something that starts up right away. Mm -hmm. Um, I do recommend singers and teachers have a website for sure. Um, but if it's something that you're remotely interested in, I think it can go far in terms of promoting what you do because it has that opportunity to sure. reach out to people that you wouldn't have otherwise spoken sure. to no matter how long you're yeah i wonder if like the slightly more modern iteration of that i think is the opera singers on instagram mm -hmm. at this point like for they photo blog yeah oh yeah want definitely. something quick like to more instantaneous yeah now the only issue with instagram that i'm finding these days um through other blogs that i'm working on is it doesn't necessarily like drive traffic to your website it doesn't necessarily lead to that conversion of like oh hey i heard about you yeah. like do you want this job that sort of thing sure, right. um i will say like what the blog did lead me to was opportunity to like write spot like i ended up writing a sponsored post for um a company called o opus atlas who uh i'm trying to, this was a while ago they they offered like listings of roles and operas and that sort of thing they it was a pretty cool like online service and the post is still up if you yeah you want to check it out so like blogging can lead to those kinds of things as well um and it definitely added credibility to, you know, what I did as a teacher. Sure. Like, not only could I say, like, yeah, I have these degrees. Yeah, I've performed in these places. But I could also say, and here's my body of work that you can check out for free. Sure. Um, which is a big part of it as well. Well, and I think when you worked at Philly Music Lessons, mm -hmm. where I still teach, mm -hmm. um, didn't they have you do Yeah, I did a couple too. blog posts to them as yeah. well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which... Yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes with blogging, it's hard to remember the threads of these financial benefits. But yeah, I mean, I guess it did snowball into several other things, even if it wasn't payment directly from the site, that sure. passive income that you'll yeah, see the yeah. Pinterest people's talking about all the time. Right. So, I know. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if anybody listening has not seen that before, just go on Pinterest, search passive income, and you'll see a thousand posts about <laughs> earning <laughs> passive income through a blog. So. Yeah. yeah, there's a new podcast called Passive uh, income for musicians. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, I'll yeah. check that one out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that's great, if, especially if like you have a CD for sale or like if you, um, are cool with having advertisements on your site or, um, even if you just like want to recommend resources, that's a big part of what Operaversity does. It just recommends like books and other like learning tools for sure. people to use. It's, it's a nice way to supplement, I would say. Again, if you're willing to put in that kind of work. Yeah. Sure. So one of the things like I was really curious is to talk a little bit more about kind of your transition mm -hmm. 
away from singing because mm-hmm. certainly I feel like in our business there's there's kind of this unspoken feeling about the people who end up leaving like mm-hmm. oh they just didn't try hard mm-hmm. enough or they weren't a good singer mm-hmm. like there's like all these kind of negative things oh yeah instead of it being just like oh no they realized it wasn't for them mm-hmm. and like they felt found fulfillment elsewhere mm-hmm. um and I'd really love to hear from you if you're willing to share with us um kind of like what making that process of coming to that decision mm-hmm. was like and like maybe some of the things you struggled with and how you overcame those and- yeah definitely um I couldn't agree more I was uh talking to someone about this the other day, actually, someone who's not in the field. And I was saying, um, you know, it really feels like uh, opera singers, especially, I won't speak for other genres because I can't speak for that very well. Um, But it really feels like the two reasons people think that others leave opera are because uh, they wanted something financially more stable Mm -hmm. or they didn't have the chops. And I don't personally believe either of those things were true for me. Mm -hmm. I was doing relatively well um, as a performer. Uh, You know, I was in the Chorus Rock of Philadelphia for a while. I was working at the Cathedral Basilica Mm -hmm. with Marcel. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was doing small performances in the area. Um, Actually, that leads me to remember another thing blogging offered me, but that's a different question. Um, (laughs) It did offer me a performance opportunity, now I think about it. But... um, and, uh, you know, I was, I had a steady stream of students. I actually just recently stopped teaching. So it wasn't like that was, um, mm-hmm. you know, an issue as well. So it wasn't like things weren't working out for me. It wasn't like I wasn't getting the auditions, as I said earlier. And it's not like I'm doing something more financially stable <laughs> now. It's not like I went to law school or medical <laughs> school, you know, um, which was a struggle into itself. I really, uh, it was a hard thing to come to. And it's something that I still come back to every so often. Um, and not just for professional reasons, to be honest, um, it, I, I put way too much of myself as, uh, and my identity into music as, Mm -hmm. as a person. And so it was really a struggle for me too, in terms of like friendships and relationships and stuff, Mm -hmm. like all of my friends were singers and that's what singers like to talk about. And, and like, it's not an unreasonable identity to hold, you know, like you put so much of yourself into music yet. As I was trying to back away from it, it was really hard to be around people who still felt that connection felt that love and didn't question this in any way. So it just like kind of was a snowball effect in terms of the amount of questioning I had to do and the amount of, am I sure? Am I sure? Um, and I'm not a person who like does things lightly by any means. I don't just like up and leave one day. Like it was a several year transition. And again, the blog did help that because it gave me a sense of, it wasn't just, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It was, I did have kind of something to pinpoint to of, I wanted to do this more like, you know, the, the lifestyle of writing spoke a little more to me. The um, the way I could see how it impacted people spoke a little more to me. Because yeah. music and performance can definitely impact people. But for me personally, um, you know, when someone would come up and say, oh, your music moved me and stuff, I it, there was something there that wasn't... I feel like you said to me once before that, like, if you don't, if you feel like you're singing for yourself and you're not interested in that connection with the audience, then what are you really doing this for? Something along those lines. I don't know if you know this, but when you said that to me, it was one of those moments to where I'm like, yeah, that is kind of it. That is kind of the feeling. (laughs) Um, And I didn't have the words for it then, but when you said it to me, it's something that stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. So it's not something I did quickly. It's not something I did lightly. Um, it's also not something I regret doing though. I, um, I, I still sing for myself all the time, but I can't say I'm ever sitting around thinking, gosh, I, 
wish I were still performing. I wish I were still doing this. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not where I want to be in my new choices yet, but these things take time. And I have to remember, sure. like I was doing singing for a long time to hold myself to that standard is unreasonable. Right. Um, so it takes a lot of patience, a lot of fortitude, some therapy helps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I, I would say, I, I would say I kind of reached that conclusion a year or two out of school, like enough time that I was performing, but not so long that I was just doing it forever. Though it is worth noting that I did actually meet someone in my new life, I'll say, quote unquote, um, who went through a similar process. Um, she's older than I am. Um, she is now the creative writing director at um, Rosemont College, which is like in okay. the suburbs around yeah, yeah, yeah. here, who also studied music in Michigan, actually, where I'm from. She, oh, wow. I'm trying to remember exactly which school she went to. I think she went to Michigan State. Um, Carla... Um, I, her last name's eluding me, I have to admit. But she performed for several years and then came to a similar conclusion, went to writing. And so these stories definitely are out there. Um, yeah. And I met her at the Rosemont Writers Workshop I did last year. I um, was, wasn't was performing anymore at that point, but I was still teaching. And like all these pieces had to come together. It was I can't say it was just one thing sure. yeah. there. Right, so right. it's probably a longer answer, but no. it felt like an important question. No, so. yeah, it's yeah. very important. Yeah. No, I, I think I think honestly that the low and low and slow version is the thoughtful way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I would I would I think maybe be a little wary of the people who are just like, and I decided I'm gonna do a different thing. Like sometimes yeah. it does. Like I know mm -hmm. in my life I've had some of those lightning bolt moments, mm -hmm. but um, the self reflection around those I think is is really right. important. Right. Yeah, and I did a lot of um, soul searching too about like did I want to leave altogether? That mm -hmm. was another thing I contemplated, especially with what I do now. It has so many facets. Like I write, I work in games, I, you know, do all these things that are certainly related. And I certainly could have done that with singing too. I considered, did, do I really just want to perform another genre? Do I um, maybe want to focus on teaching? Is it the kind of students that I have that aren't speaking to me? Sure. And, I mean, all of those things, the answer just ended up being no. Like my students were great. I, you know, it it had always kind of been like not opera or bust, but at the same time, opera was what had spoken to me until it didn't. So, sure. um, yeah, I think it's not unreasonable to like come to that uh, realization quickly, but I think it is worthwhile to see, do I want to keep incorporating this in other ways? I thought about that with Operaversity too. Like, do I want to keep going with this right. anyway? Um, I didn't ultimately because it felt disingenuous to be someone blogging about this sort of thing who wasn't actively doing it. Um, but I think also the interest level wasn't quite there for me. Yeah. It was a little, little bit of both. I think it's important for everybody to like, and it sounds like you do, think about your career in the long term and the short term mm -hmm. so that you're not just just getting burnt out. You could mm -hmm. have easily just ignored that question and mm -hmm. continued to sing and just kind of go through life, get mm -hmm. your job, make your money, do your mm -hmm. opportunity never really truly be mm -hmm. satisfied and then maybe wind up in some other job because of it all. But yeah. if you think proactively about that and you think about, you know, okay, I can see myself not being happy in this in five years. What can mm -hmm. I do slowly to transition mm -hmm. out of it so that I don't have to make this big, scary decision all at once, mm -hmm. but I can think about it as a career. That's what it is. Right? Yes. In any job you do, you have mm -hmm. to think about you know, one year, five years, mm -hmm. ten years, or you're going to be all of a sudden turn around like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm 45 and I've only ever worked part-time jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so true. So it's really smart. It's oh, really thank, smart. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it, it felt more difficult and uncertain at the time, but yeah. I appreciate that outside <laughs> feedback that maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe it went okay. It's great. I mean, did you find that 
do you have did you have any opposition from people when you were making that transition away or did you talk, uh, yeah did honest, you talk to your voice teacher at all or did you have one of that you time? know uh yeah those are excellent questions um I can't say this was the best idea but I have to admit I Irish goodbye it a little bit mm. slowly but surely um yeah. you know I was still not super regularly, maybe once every month or two, taking voice lessons with my teacher in grad school, um, Sally Wolf. Um, and then, you know, it kind of was like, oh, scheduling things, mm -hmm. maybe the next one, I just kind of didn't have so on. many. And then I, yeah, exactly, which I feel a little guilty about because I, you know, all my teachers in school and elsewhere were like so supportive and stuff. But at the same time, it was like, I didn't, I wasn't at a point where I could say confidently, like, this is what I'm going to do now. And I was too uncomfortable with it to just outright say it. So it was easier to just stop auditioning. It was easier to just like, you know, or not re-audition for something or right. to not accept new students or, yeah. um, you know, like less frequent posts on the blog. It was just easier to kind of make it a gradual thing than just something that I declare. For you know? sure. But so, certainly if you declare, like, I'm going to stop seeing everyone's going to say, why? <laughs> yeah, and I, did, I definitely <laughs> did get a bit of that. Um, I think the most, the, the, the few people I did have to say it to were like my family members, my parents and stuff, uh, which was difficult um, because they had been so supportive of me both emotionally and financially. And they had a lot invested in it as well. Like they had always seen this as something that made me very happy. And so to explain to them that it's not doing that anymore and I don't quite know why, I just know that this is the truth was difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something I had to do over and over again. I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I was telling um, someone at work the other day um, about that I was going to be on this podcast and what we were going to talk about. And he's very like gay. He's out and proud and that sort of thing. And he actually said to me, oh, my God, it's like your own coming out story. And I, I don't know if that's like necessarily a fair way to say it. But thinking about that, it was something I had to kind of say again and again. Like I would run into someone I knew from school or performance or something and they would say oh where are you performing now what are you doing and I had to be you know say I'm not and that's okay and and a lot of times people would get this look on their face of oh okay like you know because there's this feeling in the aqua world of like if you're not performing that's no good you know oh, yeah, so right. yeah that was difficult to have to kind yeah. of do that over and over again yeah. so that's yeah, so interesting but I mean even even if you are singing like to have that conversation with you know, people that you met in undergrad and masters and, and anyone just like, oh, what are you doing now? And mm -hmm. like, you know, the both of you were like, what is this person going to say right now? What are right. Gonna say? Oh, oh, yeah. Right. Am I right now? What are we doing? And you're like, everything's good. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Because <laughs> definitely even when you are in it, like, even if it hadn't been that for me, it's it's like right. this, it's it. this, you want to be supportive of other people, but then it's hard, but it's not going well for you and you want yeah. it to be. Right. But then you also kind of feel bad when it's going well for you and it's not for the other person. Right. And it's, it's just very much like, why can't we all be where we're at? Yeah. It's right. hard. Right. And it's almost like that how are you question, like that in mm -hmm. America we ask everyone, how are you? And it's mm -hmm. like, do I tell you how I really am? Yeah. Or do right. I just say, I'm singing this, this I'm, oh yeah, I'm doing this role tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'm doing three role for that. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, sure. I, mean, I think like in our field, it's so, the work-life balance is really difficult. And I think partially because of questions like this, yeah. like even when you are working, like the, there's so much pressure 
Like, I know um, when I was doing some stuff in the spring, then people would be like, well, what are you, like, what's up next for you? Because mm-hmm. they wanted to, like, right. congratulate me and be excited for me. Yeah. But then, like, the other side of that sword, because it's a sword, all right, was that, like, I didn't have anything right. lined up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt really insecure that I didn't have anything lined up. And I didn't have, at the time, like, the the kindness to myself, I guess, to just say, like, Hey, I'm, you know, I actually, I don't have anything coming up for right now for the summer. I'm just going to take some time to like do some renovations on my house and enjoy mm-hmm. some time with my husband yeah. and just like frame it in a positive light for myself. Right. Instead, I would get really down and mm-hmm. right. depressed and be like, beat myself up yeah. because I don't have any work. What am I going to mm-hmm. do? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the flip side of that too, is I remember, uh, you know, when I was more active in the Facebook groups or singers and stuff, people saying things about work-life balance all the time. I remember one woman, uh, saying something about, you know, I want to have kids, but I'm worried it's going to mess with my career. And there was a really positive commenter who was just like, you got to live your life mm-hmm. eventually, you know? Yeah. And finding that balance is really hard because there's this expectation of just like, in any art field, I think, to just yeah. put all of yourself in it. So, yeah. yeah. yeah it's well, because we have the greats, right? Who are the people we're supposed to mm-hmm. hold up as the shining example. And like a lot of them sacrificed mm-hmm. having families or whatever for their art form. But then like, you know, Renata Scotto didn't. She had a she had a daughter yeah. and a husband, and like her kid came on the road with her, and mm-hmm. like that was how they lived their life. Yeah. Renee Fleming did the same thing. Where, mm-hmm. You know, they just like were like, this is an important thing for me to do. But yeah. I think there's also kind of these blinders that we get put on. We're like, oh, we see these people that didn't do that. We see Callis who had no mm-hmm. kids, who was like so invested mm-hmm. in her, and that's like the one true way to be an artist. Yeah, and it's just like, well, that's not how everyone's gonna feel about their art, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, and when I started getting out of the field a little bit more and like looking at other possibilities and looking at the way other artists lived and stuff, I I realized how much of the blinders I put on myself, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a good idea to just sort of, I, everyone ever said this to me of like, do other things in life, you know, to get those experiences. But at the same time, we feel expected to be kind of one tracked. And so when I started getting out there more, I was like, wow, there was so many lifestyle options I was missing. There were so many just options in the world for what I was missing. Um, again, I don't know if I could have gotten there sooner because I was a little too focused, but if you, if you are listening to this and interested in any way of like seeing more of what's out there, like definitely do it. There's uh, the worst that happens is that, you know, something you didn't want to know, I guess. I, I really yeah. can't think or of much you of it. Try that lifestyle option realize like, no, actually I am fully committed. And yeah, exactly. I don't want to do another thing. Exactly. That's okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what is your, what um, different realms are you in now? What is your... Yeah, goal? so um, trying to decide how to make this a cohesive narrative, which is so interesting sometimes. I think we do this like all in our resumes and our bios and stuff of like, how do I make this mess of things know. a cohesive narrative? Um, so uh, if you go to Opriversity now, you'll probably notice that the last post was from like June of 2017 or something. Part of that is because shortly after that, I um, got a blogging job, a contracted job uh, writing for a crossword puzzle and word search site like running the blogs for them, which was a contract for about a year because I knew I wanted to get into blogging a little bit more, both for financial reasons um, and for lifestyle reasons and that a lot of times it's remote work. And I knew I wanted to do another blog, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted it to be yet. Um, and I, you know, have been kind of dabbling into creative writing a little bit more. Um, but 
for various reasons due to transitioning out of art, one art field, have difficulty just jumping in, I recognize. Right. And that's part of what I meant before about like transitioning to something else. I gotta be patient with myself, but I'm not quite at that point. So I worked on that contract for about a year. Um, and then, you know, after that ended just last September, I was like, okay, I'm at a good point to like start a new blog. I, I have ideas of what I wanted to be about, but they were like vague lifestyle ideas of like books or games or, you know, cats or, you know, whatever, just like general things. And I'm like, this is kind of too spread. I, I don't know how to sink my teeth into this. And right after that contract, uh, my fiance, Jason and I uh, went to Ireland um, and there was a board game cafe there. Like we were just like walking down the street and I'm like, oh, hey, this is cool. Let's go in. And then we found another one in a different city in Ireland. And then I came back and, I, and it was like, I just ended a blogging job about games that I I've always been into games and, you know, I just went to this place about games and this just feels interesting. Um, so, and you know, when we were at that cafe, Jason was like to the guy who helped us learn games or whatever, he's like, you could do that. I'm like, I could do that. Couldn't I? So just on a whim, I literally searched board game jobs in Philadelphia. Like what were the odds sort of thing? And it just so happened that a board game was opening up in Fairmount and they were looking for game tenders. So like, you know, teach the games. And so I applied and got the job like a week later. And uh, yeah, so that was just all very fortuitous in that moment. Um, and it was great because I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted that job too is like, yeah, if I do this, I could definitely start a board game blog, essentially, um, you know, it'll give me a lot more knowledge, it'll help me meet more people in the field. And then to that line, I've been, uh, you know, I've been in creative doing creative writing for a little while now, my first flash fiction was published. Um, the very end of 2017. Um, I've had like four published in between then. Uh, one of them was actually like nominated for a book and made the long list of Wigleaf's uh, flash fiction of 2018, yeah. uh, which is just crazy to me, yeah, but amazing yeah, as well. Um, so it, it, to me, like they kind of, so I've been trying to figure out like, you know, are these two different things or how do I kind of put them together? Because I had thought about doing a book blog too, but I'm like, there's a million book blogs and I don't know like if I want to turn books into something I want to blog about because it is because that was something I was struggling with too is like how much do I want to make my passion a career right, still right, like right. do I of course do I want to do this again it's almost like the heartbreak of a relationship do I right. want to am I ready to meet someone new kind <laughs> yeah, of thing yeah, you know yeah. um but board games felt like a really good transition to that because it's something I have loved but in a way that I feel I um, can keep that kind of apart from myself. And since I've been focusing on the educational aspect of it in terms of how to play them, what games would you enjoy and that sort of thing um, has been a little easier for me. But then, of course, through all of this, uh, the other thing that happened that was fortuitous was at the end of last year, I discovered PAX Unplugged, uh, which is a big board gaming convention in Philadelphia. And so I went to that and I was like, oh, there's all these people here. There's like, I, I discovered uh, RPGs, which I had been wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons for a really long time and stuff. But I was like, finally had that moment where I was like, I know I can be a new player and start out here. And just like dove headfirst into that. Like I've been mm -hmm. running games. I've run games at uh, uh, Thirsty Dice as well. So I've now been paid to do it, which is insane to me. Um, and I've been working on writing those as well. I actually am starting up with a uh, RPG writing workshop, like mentor mentee program where I'm like one of the mentees to, um, you know, dive more into that. 
Uh, I've discovered sites like where you can sell your pre-written games and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's for me like finding role-playing games and finding like creative writing in games. I, I'm like, yeah, this is this is the focal point I've been looking for, and I definitely want to like write a book at some point as well and do more fiction writing. But um, I, again, as I was saying before, like singers can definitely make careers in multifaceted ways. I feel like that's what I'm going for with writing in games now. So yeah. that's yeah. that's the point I'm at now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I will say like through writing chops, her short stories are amazing. We will link to them oh, in you. the show notes. <laughs> yes. Because they are really, really beautiful. Um, she's also a kick-ass DM. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Is our game the first game <laughs> For those who DM don't know, that means Dungeon Master. Yeah. I run D&D yeah, games. No yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marcella's in my game. Uh, we recently started doing, um, for Dungeons and Dragons, there's a D&D starter set, which comes with like a pre-made game, out of the instructions for someone to, uh, you know, run the game as the Dungeon Master, and then pre-made characters, though everyone made really awesome characters on their own. Marcel plays an awesome half-elf bard. It's excellent. Um, really look forward to more musical moments as we go along. Um, uh, so yeah, if you don't know about that, you can also find more information on Dungeons & Dragons through uh, my new site, catsanddice.com, which I just la- launched uh, two months ago. Yeah, two months ago, which focuses on board games, role-playing games, card games, that sort of thing. So you are on that in that, like, Cats and Dice at Instagram and Facebook as well, right? Yeah, so Cats and, yeah, Cats and Dice is also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. We also have a YouTube page, but I haven't gotten anything up there yet. I'm hoping to do tutorials in the future, but yeah. those are kind of, it's a more in-depth project yeah. to do videos. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Um, yeah, I'm most active, I would say, on Instagram and Pinterest right now. Oh, so, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah you of course. Amazing. Of course. It was great. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, that wraps up our show today. We hope you enjoyed listening to the interview with Kristen. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on. Um, If you have ever wanted to transition out of singing, we would not fucking blame you. (laughs) But actually, Kristen's story, as well as I'm sure so many of yours, are the reason we do this. And showcasing people that have done cool things because of singing whether or not it's in singing is really what we want to do if you have a story that you want to share we would love to hear it email us at info at my so-called follow us on facebook follow us on instagram at my so-called opera life hashtag my so-called opera life we're so excited that next week we will also be releasing another episode and we can't wait to let you know what it is See you next time.